please stay right where you are because it's time for GeorgiaCarry.org radio with Doug and Jesse King. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no compromise voice for gun owners. Stay tuned for valuable information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. And now, your host for GeorgiaCarry.org radio, Doug and Jesse King. Good morning, Georgia, and here we are on the heels of yet another senseless shooting on a college campus. And as we look back at the events of this week, you know, what stands out to me most prominently is the fact that this was a shooting that took place in Oregon, a state which has passed college college campus carry just like Georgia has passed it. Unlike Georgia, Oregon has decided to actually put it into their code books that people know that they are allowed to carry on college campuses, and yet we still have a shooting taking place on this college campus unopposed because of the policies of that campus, which in turn is going to be very similar to Georgia, because when the governor's office finally decides to actually report out the laws that were lawfully passed by the legislature and signed by the governor, then the Board of Regents is most likely going to step in and impose their own policy to maintain the insecurity of college campuses in Georgia and make them a target-rich environment, just like this college campus that happened in Oregon. You know, we look at the the shooter and the events that, that took place and the news reports we're getting, and things are still sketchy at the point that we're getting this broadcast ready for air. You know, the, the and I can't even say it, um, Pukwa? Umpqua, um, I think, is the, um, the way you pronounce it. Yeah. Community College in, in Roseburg, Oregon. It's actually north of Roseburg near Umpqua City um, on I-5, which is almost exactly halfway between Seattle and San Francisco if you look at a map. Not not quite, but that gives you a good indication about where it is on, on the West Coast. And the shooter went into the school i i still don't know i don't know maybe you've heard whether he was actually a student there or not um i from a report i read this morning um it said that he had been listed as in their choir or something it's I'm not really sure if he's a student there or not. I mean, it's kind of not Yeah, there's so clear. many details and, that are not being reported. Well, you know, it's weird because, you know, when, when the Charleston shooting happened. Boom. Was boom. There. We knew it was Dylan Storm Roof. I mean, it was, it was helpful that he was white because they made sure they put that out there. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to be offensive, but when the white, shooter is a white, white and the the victims black are black, victims, yeah. they tend to want to stick that out there because the media South, is very un, unlevel. In South Carolina, in the midst of you know racial tensions and and riots in cities and racial divide, it makes a good byline. Well, I don't think that that it has a lot to do with our presidency because we haven't seen racial tension in this country like this since the '60s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just happens to be that we have a African-American president. And I see a lot of stirring up of racial issues. But this seems to be a young man. And I cannot tell exactly. He almost looks like he's of Hispanic descent when you look at his um, photographs. I, I really can't tell. But his I, name I, is Chris Harper, Harper Mercer. Mercer. And I think Harper Mercer is hyphenated yes, like he's got correct. two last names. Um, he was 26 years old. The first report I read was that he was 20. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, how did he get a handgun in the first place? But he was actually 26. Well, you know, in Georgia, you don't have to be 21 years old to own a handgun. You just have to be 21 to buy it from a federal licensee. He had three. 
Yeah. And in Oregon, you have to be 21 years old to buy it from a private person. Because you have to do all... Background checks. Oregon has eliminated the gun show loophole so that you have to have every sale recorded by the government. There is no gun show loophole. I hate that. Well, you know, that's going to be one of the things that... Our, our dear leader is going to bring up is that we need stricter laws and, and more gun control and close the gun show loophole. Well, let's talk about closing the gun show loophole. Oregon did exactly what they were supposed to do according to the president's administration, and yet this had absolutely no effect. So I think that that is a really important thing to bring up, that Oregon has done what everything is call everyone is calling for changes to do this and this and this, and Oregon did it, and it made no difference. You know, we have campus carry here in Georgia, and it's supposed to be, you know, that we would be able to carry on any campus. And they can't opt out of it. In Oregon, they can. Mm-hmm. Um, the way the law is written, it's, you can't be prosecuted for carrying a gun on the campus unless the board of directors or whoever writes the rules for the campus has specifically said that firearms are not allowed there. So and then what it's they still did, a crime. Yeah, then it's a crime. Um, So what they did is they effectively made a protection-free zone for these children. And they're sitting ducks. I mean, I want to say children. They're people in their teens to 20s at a community college usually. We know some people who were at 16 were little adults. We know some people at 24 who are still children. So, I mean, that's a fair statement. Yeah. And it's when we talk talk about a school, we automatically think of little little kids kids anyway. But this is a, a college campus. It's a community college, which is like junior college. Mm-hmm. And they they basically created a, a culture of sitting ducks here where anybody could just walk up in there. Now, had he planned this ahead of time, the things that I've seen online would indicate so. There, there was a vague threat posted on a message board uh, Thursday or Wednesday night going into Thursday when this happened. Uh, it wasn't like a credible threat. It wasn't something that was tagged to an individual user's account. It was an anonymous post on the message board that basically said, don't go to school tomorrow if you live in the Pacific Northwest. It which basically is, said, um, from what I read, was that he said some of y'all are all right. You know, fair warning. Don't yeah. go to school. Um was that him? We don't know for sure. Yeah. It would appear to be. The the vagueness of the Pacific Northwest is a little bit sketchy there in itself. And an anonymous post on, on a random board is not exactly the best sort of credible evidence that you would just want to start locking schools down for. I mean, it's not well, like they took a Confederate flag to the school or something. That's ridiculous. <laughs> um, apparently, days before, he had put a thing on his... Um, Facebook page about the WDBJ killer. What's that? Um, the the man that shot the anchor. Your news reporters. No, well, it's a news reporter and a um, cameraman. cameraman up in Roanoke, Virginia. Well, they were actually in Bedford County at Hales Ford Bridge, which is somewhere that I'm familiar with. I I kind of grew up around that area. My father lives up there. Okay. And I've in in that Bridgewater Plaza where that happened. I've been shopping hundreds of times in my life. And so, you know, it was kind of home news for me. But he had made references to that and talked about how a person can be a nobody and become, and famous. become famous. And my, my sister has a friend that refers to this kind of famous as three-name famous. Well, he's got two names 
hyphenated. Well, I mean, technically it's three names. But we've Dylan Stormroof. Uh-huh. This guy has three names. The, the media does typically tend to throw all three names out there, and you become three-name well, famous. You know, if if you're John Smith, all the other John Smiths out there get offended, and so you throw out the middle name to at least differentiate him from the mass populace who have similar names. You know? And if you're James Earl Jones, you get a plaque that says... Thank you James for Earl your help, Ray. James Earl Ray. <laughs> so, I mean, it happens. But I think that, you know, we're back to that whole conversation about mental health. And I think this is another one of those cases where the signs were there where this guy needed some help and nobody paid attention. Yeah. And one of the signs was neighbors' reports. Um, one of the neighbors have already, has already been to the media talking about how he kind of sat alone in the dark hallway. Mm-hmm. With a, with a little light, that was her uh, report, was that he'd sit alone in the dark hallway with a little light. Is this, not, this an apartment complex that yeah. he was living in? Uh-huh. And he also spent a lot of time on the swing sets with children, a, a couple of children around him. And they don't report exactly who the children are, if they were relatives or if they were somebody else's children. But it would seem that he was kind of a loner. Mm-hmm. And then the the pictures that emerged from his old myspace page and in his facebook page showed him as having some kind of links to um the ira of the, all things yeah the ira not to be confused with the irs both are terrorist groups but, right you know. but the ira is ireland republican army army irish republican army then in, in the time of the troubles they were the ones that were stirring up the most problems they were the ones who were doing the car bombs and and attacking different groups and in, in hopes of stirring up enough that um the british empire would let them go i think that this guy was a little delusional and um possibly a psychopath and and you see a lot of this a lot of these patterns with these shooters like the colorado movie, um, theater. movie theater guy he was very psychopathic in and his behavior. You notice that we make a, a point to, instead of referring to him by name, we refer to the incident. There there was a shooter who was at the Colorado Movie Theater, who was at the Naval Yard, who was at the you know, the D.C. Sniper. We, we're, we're very careful about that because I don't want to aggrandize them and make them three-name famous. And well, I think that the, the sheriff in, in this Oregon County had kind of the same view. Yeah, that was what I was about to say is, is he was – not wanting to release the name, which is why we've had trouble getting details. He didn't want to release the name because he didn't want this guy to be three-name famous. But what happened when you had this sort of problem is that people started to speculate, and that led us down a dangerous path, too. So, uh, folks, we're coming up on a commercial break. We'll, we'll continue the conversation. With you. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Doug and Jesse King. Welcome back, folks. And when we took our commercial break, we were just getting into the discussion on on what information should be released. And here the, the sheriff in Oregon had refused to release the, the man's names, which led to no pictures being available, no identifying information. And then we started to get some reports out of Twitter. And, you know, Twitter is hardly an unbiased source. It's not, you know, documented. It's not background or fact-checked. But there was a report from one Twitter account that he was going, when he started his attack, he would go up to people 
who were lying on the ground. Now, what, my understanding is what happened is that the first shots went through one of the windows, which sprayed glass into the classroom and caused everyone to hit the deck. And I'm not really sure if that was one of the external windows or if there was windows on the inside of the building or even if that was the window to the door. Because, you know, sometimes those doors will have a square window. Yeah. So I'm not really sure what window, but we've, we've read that it was a window. Mm-hmm. So he fired at the window and people hit the deck. And when he went into the room, then he... According to this Twitter post. ...was asking them one by one if they were a Christian. And if they said yes, then he said, then you're about to meet your God in just a second. And he would basically execute them. Shoot them in the head. One at a time. And if they did not answer or if they answered negatively, then he would immobilize them with a shot, but not kill them. So either way, you were going down, but not necessarily all the way to heaven. You just might be injured for a little while. And the it, it makes sense because as he's moving through, if he leaves anyone who's not been immobilized, then he stands a chance of being attacked from behind. So this was a very well thought out, calculated Pretty attack. calculated, yeah. And he uh, had three... Handguns and a, and a long gun, mm-hmm. from what I understand. And the timeline, it's it's about a twelve minute period of from the time the first shots were fired to when the police report that he was down. So he only got twelve minutes in, but twelve minutes in was long enough for him to do some pretty Kill serious nine, damage. Nine people, injure seven others. Right, and so what could have <coughs> happened at this school? Had there have been someone in that classroom that was armed? Absolutely. And, you know, that's the question that we ultimately come back to. So here I am, and I'm armed, and I'm putting myself in that classroom. And I can't say, well, I wouldn't have hit the deck. But if I had to hit the deck, I would have been immediately pulling my my gun. And then... And probably when he stepped into the room, I would have popped him a couple in the chest. Or, or at least been able to slow him down or make him take cover or alter his plans. And that, that would have been a situation that he was not prepared for. Now, you know, we were talking about the information that was released. And here, this is the facts of what's going on in the situation. This is what we believe happened based on, you know, various news reports, Twitter reports, everything. So in light of this, the sheriff chooses not to release his name, his age, his ethnicity, any of these details, because he doesn't want to make him famous. But and that, I don't believe that he did. I think that eventually... It was a newspaper out there that released the information. But what did it cause people to do? It well it caused us to immediately think that this was another attack from a Muslim. Well, because some- we see attacks against Christians and because of the the culture of hatred that the Muslim community typically some some, some individuals do. Most, in my opinion, but my opinion is not golden. We have seen several incidents. We've seen, you know, in Chattanooga, the Chattanooga shooting. We've seen things that are popping up that are Charlie re- Hebdo religiously we see motivated. The Texas thing where they were all about the Muhammad drawing contest, mm-hmm. and luckily they got their just asserts, and there was a happy ending in that case where the only people dead were the the attackers. Attackers, yeah. yeah. And you know, but you see, this is the problem when you don't let the information out at all. Then it causes wild speculation, and wild speculation in this case was completely unjustified. There is no indication that he was affiliated with any religious group. No, I, in fact, I'm I'm trying to decide 
for myself what exactly he was because here he is and he's shooting Christians and he obviously believes in heaven because he said, well, you're about to go and, and meet your God. Yeah. But at the same time, he's shooting Christians. So, well, he also, he, he identifies with the Irish Republican Army, which is a Christian. It's a Catholic group. It, but still, it is a Christian group in, in name of nothing else. So, I mean, they identified as part of a Christian sect. Right. So, what is he? And I, the only thing I can figure is that he's a very angry and kind of twisted, twisted individual. individual. He doesn't really know exactly what he is or where he fits into the world. And this is another thing that kind of happens sometimes with, with mental illness patients that suffer from mm-hmm. mental illness is they they strive to find where they fit but because they're a little bit strange or maybe a little bit different they have a hard time fitting anywhere they feel ostracized they feel that they don't have a place in society and so that leads to further a spiraling effect where they become more and more distant and less connected to anybody yeah and and it would appear that he has became very distant and you know he had gone through the divorce of his parents in 2005 they were from san francisco he's actually a california no gun state native so he goes to oregon and there's all a little little all this gun freedom that he'd never seen before and i know that that's a stretch but when you have nothing and then all of a sudden you have a t-shirt when you own nothing and and you're sitting in a cave and you're naked and then someone walks around around and they give you a t-shirt and a hamburger well you feel like you just struck gold (laughs) i mean for real so oregon's gun laws in comparison to california's gun laws feels like total freedom are much more permissive i'll I'll grant you that and in comparison from to ours oregon is almost as bad as california it's it's up there with chicago (laughs) Well, my my biggest problem with Oregon is that they require you to have background checks to sell your private property and that they are not very permissive for NFA weapons. Oregon's got a lot of crazy stuff going on in the trucking community. You have to buy have special permits to come through Oregon at all. Well, there you so, go. So, you know, you it's know. just, it's just, it's all about taxes out taxes, there. It's all about taxes. money. And th- that's what it's coming to, really. The world is coming to where a world of, we just care about revenue. Yeah. And that's how we get it. But back to this subject, this guy's out there and, and he's able to get his hands on firearms for you know the first time in his life. His parents divorced in 2006. <coughs> he moved to Oregon with his mother. Um, his father has um, reported into the media a little bit, although I haven't been able to get my hands on any of that. It was all sound bites that I couldn't pull. Mm-hmm. Um, but but apparently this information is still real sketchy. It's very point. and it's it's kind of foggy and a and a blur. There's not a lot of clear information other than what you can dig up yourself. Yeah, we don't know whether this guy had a criminal record or, or whether he had a job. And this is you know called the fog of war because you there's a lot of misinformation, disinformation, and a lack of ability to get clear information as events unfold rapidly. But this is is in stark contrast to what we saw in South Carolina, where information was like shoved out as much information as possible. And here we see law enforcement taking a completely different track where they say, we don't want to release any information. We want to do an investigation. We want to have an answer. and We want to present something probably to a grand jury or to you know whatever sort of investigative agency is going to issue a report on this before we ever start to let people out. In my hand, I hold the, a device that's capable of destroying the world. 
Yeah, Apple is evil. Evil. It's, it's not Apple. It's, it's a cellular phone. And these cellular phones do more now than computers in the 90s or, did. Or, yeah. And you can take pictures with them, and you can send, and you can tweet, and, and information is readily available at the touch of your fingers. All you have to do is touch a screen. And what this has enabled people to do is get information to the world very quickly and a lot of misinformation to the world very quickly. So every time one of these shootings happens, we come out with a lot of misinformation at first. I don't know if you've noticed this, but it's happened with a a lot of shootings. You know, Sandy Hook did it. Um, The Dylan Storm Roof shooting in... in, um, Charleston, South Carolina, there was a lot of misinformation. And I think that law enforcement out there in Oregon, being that they're a little more conservative, and, you know, I think that they're to the point where they're going, you know, we're just giving these shooters more and more of the power that they crave. So let's stop reporting this stuff until we know facts. I think you might be confusing Oregon with Longmire there about how laid back they are. But the they are definitely taking a very different track than what we have seen off the East Coast. And we I have think East Coast versus West Coast here. And a mentality difference. And, mm-hmm. you know, a urban, you know, old city like South, what was in South Carolina versus a more rural city that is in Oregon that we're seeing here. Very, I mean, culturally, geographically, culturally, educationally, everything is completely different. And we're seeing a different different tact and what i was trying to get to earlier in this is what is a better way to do is it better because the one got more publicity for him and got the information out there and aggrandized the shooter this one caused people to start speculating wildly and the the end of that path could be retaliation against the wrong group of people well the reality is it could be retaliation against the wrong group of people anyway i mean this I don't see the Christians retaliating against any group of people. Okay, yeah, I'll give you that. But let's say but, that the uh, let's say that the let's change it. Let's change the facts. Let's say that instead of the report coming out that he was executing Christians, that the report came out that he was executing Muslims or executing African Americans. And oh, there was and the, no information released. So by suddenly, the, the Black Lives Matter movement takes off again, or or you know, and then they start Muslims. shooting cops again. Yeah, you know, or and, start shooting. Insert group of people here to retaliate, and it could happen. And well, and I I would like to say that you know I don't see the Christians ever doing that, but the truth is is that who just in, in our own. <laughs> show right here we were talking about the irish republican army who did pretty much just that no he it doesn't say that he was a part of no that, um, you know. he was too he's too young to have anything to do with them really because their their movement is well done but that is an example of a christian quote-unquote christian group going off the rails so folks we're at a commercial break we'll be right back Now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with Doug and Jesse King. Welcome back, everybody. So when we were when we were taking our break, we were talking about, is this dissemination of information a good thing? Is holding back information a good thing? And it seems like no matter what 
happens we lose it's one of those moments where you're danged if you do and danged if you don't it really it really does seem that way and it's it's kind of sad because you know if we start giving out information we get misinformation and that frustrates people and upsets people and, and gets people going and it, it motivates people to start to do things yeah, I mean, because well, look, look at the the what's his name uh shooting in ferguson you know the information. Michael Brown. Yes, mm-hmm. the information about that shooting came out very quickly, and they started rioting and immediately. There was rioting. I mean, looting, and, yeah. and and it was based on preliminary information that didn't involve information like you know that he had a criminal record, that the shots came from the officer sitting down in the car, and that he was reapproaching the officer after you know leaving the scene. That there was a reinstigation of an incident that well, didn't you need to be there. Need to be careful how you tell the facts, or you're going to get another riot started. Well, you mean, know that there there were facts that did not come out in the initial report, and rioting happened. And here we. Have had holding back information from the initial report which led to you know false fears or false accusations well you know as i started to see it unfold and one of the things that i was saw reported was that they were confiscating people's cell phones that were on the campus Mm. and my first thought was of course they're confiscating cell phones because our muslim president doesn't want america to know that a muslim's just massacred christians and that was my first thought and i've got to say that i'm just as guilty of it as anybody else I still stand by my statement about Muslim president, but that's beside the point. I'm not the only one that feels that way. I'm no, not there's, promise. there's that that guy up in New Hampshire who talked to Trump too. So there, you got some support out there. But the the truth is, is that people jump to conclusions and people want to blame the other. There's, I mean, I, I come from a background in my collegiate days of critical constructivism, where you start to break down these sorts of preconceived notions about who you are versus who the other is and how the other affects you. And we do this throughout all of our lives. We say, you know, immigrant immigrants steal jobs from hardworking Americans, and that creates the other versus us. Whereas we are a nation of immigrants, and immigration is what made us great. While we watch your you know, stagnate, suffer, and their birth rates plummet because they don't have fresh blood coming in that invigorates them. And yet we see immigration now as the other. We are now starting to see Muslims as the other. And I'm afraid that America as a whole is starting to see Christians as the other as we move into a secular nation and into a secular society that, uh, you know, aggrandizes all sorts of behavior that which was previously shunned by our community and our cultural system of norms. And now we are identifying what used to be considered the back backbone of our our cultural ethos as being the other and here we have an example of someone who has bought into that mentality and has decided to persecute christians for it and no matter what your group is when you decide to persecute them and you label them as not part of us but as the other this is the inevitable consequence one of the posts he made he made a comment about them being normies oh interesting normal people okay just normal people normies so basically, because they were bland to him, then they deserve to be punished. I don't well, really get what he's thinking. And, and you know, trying to dissect the, the brain of, of a person who is who's psychotic unstable. is so impossible. I'm not, I'm not trying to uh, uh, get to his motivations in this particular instance, but when we look at, like, the Ferguson riots or the Baltimore riots or group mentality, we can see some things that are coming through in a group mentality in this instance that changes the way that it works. And I, when you said normies, what instantly popped in my head is a, a, a revolution against 
cultural norms, societal norms. Norms, to me, have a very specific meaning, and these are the things that we do as a society which are unwritten rules. These are things that we just accept culturally as being important. Like, for instance, in America, it is a cultural norm that six-year-olds are not to be trusted, right? You can't let six-year-olds just go do things. And yet, there is an article right now, if you go and look it up, six-year-olds are now being allowed to ride trains, subways, in Japan alone so that they can go and do their errands without having to have an adult with them throughout the middle of Tokyo. Okay, so let me tell you what would happen in America. In America, we used to allow our six-year-old to play in the yard by themselves and not worry about them. In fact, their time to come home was meal times and when the street lights kicked on. This mm-hmm. was 1980s America. Well, 1970s, early oh, 80s. I was, I was born in 81 and in 85, 86, 87 when I was playing in the yard. This is kind of how it was. And I lived in a city. Yeah, and then okay. John Walsh ruined the whole thing for John us. John Walsh, yes. But he... <laughs> made america paranoid after he wasn't watching his son close enough mm-hmm. that's just the reality and now america and parents have become helicopter parents where they have to have their eyes on their child at all times me i'm still one of those parents where i go we're going to go to the park we're going to play at the playground there's only one way in and one way out of the playground i'm going to sit on the bench right beside that if you need me, come get me. Stay within eyesight of me. I want you to be able to see me at all times. So I can hear you if you yell for me. Yeah. And don't talk to strangers. And we teach our kids these things, and then we expect them to do them. And those are cultural norms here. Well, I, those were cultural norms. The cultural norm now is to be a helicopter parent and that you cannot leave your child. And if your child is outside at, at outside of earshot of you at a minimum that you've somehow committed a crime or neglectful yet in japan the cultural norm is to allow a six-year-old to ride the subway throughout downtown tokyo to do what they need to and it's not nothing is thought of it so these are not things that are 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 universal this this is not thou shalt not kill which all humanity can resonate with this is something that is cultural and our cultural norms are eroding in this country gun ownership used to be a cultural norm it was seen as just being a part of america and it's no longer so i've i've pulled up the quote and it was on four is it good bad i'm the guy with the gun no what what is the name of this um page it's for something. 4chan. 4chan. Oh, heaven help us. And We're going to come crash our webpage now. He says, the horrible kind of normies will pay for their misdeeds and the world will be bettered. So he was going after just your normal everyday people, you know. Christians are the social norm that he wants to just get rid of and wipe mm-hmm. off. Of course, some of the things our president has said by accident with people listening was not better what was it he said about bitter clingers bitter clingers they're clinging to their bibles and their guns yeah, B- I, can, bitter I can look up that quote while, while you're discussing the implications of being a normie um well i mean the impl- implications of being a normie is in his eyes those people who lived their normal everyday lives that were were christians were what was wrong with the world and and they're calling him chris the normie dispenser on 4chan wow now today so you know he's he's earned his his fame so what do we do with these people because i I don't know what to do i I think that we should arm every teenager in america that can 
pass a mental health exam and send them to school that way so that when psychos walk into the school with a gun, they can cap them in the head and keep teaching. Or just allow students who go, you know, background check and are licensed to lawfully carry to lawfully carry. Let people be responsible for their own safety. What don't about have to impose it. teachers here? Why are the teachers not allowed to carry? I think that teachers should go in and, and go to the range and, and join up with a group that will teach them how to use that firearm and carry a sidearm. And then when you have an attack on a school like this, not so many people would die because you'd have some armed, responsible adults there to handle business. Would you like the bitter clear quote? I've got the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Let's here here it goes. And this this was – I had originally thought it was an off off cameras moment that was caught but it was actually a part of his actual speech he gave this speech to a group and this was part of it he said you go into some of these small pennsylvania towns and like a lot of small towns in the midwest the jobs have been gone now for 25 years and there's nothing replaced them they fell through the clinton administration and the bush administration and each successive administration has said that somehow these communities are going to regenerate and they have not and it's not surprising when they get bitter they cling to the to guns or religion or antipathy to people who aren't like them or anti-immigration sentiment or anti-trade sentiments as a way to explain their frustrations so let me explain my frustrations, Mr. President. I'm clinging to a time when America was great and beautiful and wasn't full of the hatred that comes from the administration. And see, when he was running from president, do you remember all that garbage that got stirred up about his pastor and how he was a Christian? Obama was a Christian. His pastor had said all these things about white people. And I said, and he is a problem and he's going to be a problem. And that man has been nothing but a thorn in America's back. I, I I would while you're channeling Donald Trump, I've got some other questions. I'm for not him. channeling Donald. In fact, I think if if he is elected president, there will be hell to pay. Yeah, yeah, to pay, to pay. Yeah, that that's Touché. Yeah, there yeah. we go. Um, did you see this last week where Trump laid out his uh, plan for the Second Amendment? Nationwide um, carry, nationwide reciprocity, um, no, shall not be infringed means shall not I be infringed. I don't want the federal government involved with my carry. Well, there's they're, already they're rulings. In, they're not involved in your driver's license. There's already rulings in place that say that the, your driver's license is good in your state and all other states. And what is that ruling called? Reciprocity. No, it's not reciprocity. There's another word for it. I, I read the other day. I can't remember. Anyway, why yeah. it, that's a, a Supreme Court of the United States ruling. Mm-hmm. Why is that not affecting our carry permits? It very much should. Well, a uh, license that's issued by one state should be good in all states. Yeah. And this then this goes on further to licensing for doctors, nurses, hairdressers, bartenders, lawyers, lawyers. I mean, if if yeah. you're willing to practice there and. Well, you know, you get into the whole laboratory democracy thing, and some states have different requirements. And I, I can see that, too. But, you know, we need to kind of bring things together. So there is no reason that my license to carry should be different than my driver's license. Folks, we're coming up to the last commercial segment. We'll be back with the good, the bad, and the ugly to wrap this sucker up in just a minute. George Carey, that Now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with Doug and Jesse King. 
Welcome back, everybody. And if you've enjoyed our discussion today, reach out to us. You can send us an email at radio at georgiacarry.org or talk to us on Facebook. We have the georgiacarry.org Radio Hour Facebook page where you can send us a comment or, or comment on some of the pictures we post about things that are going on in your community. And we love to hear from our listeners. If you have some show topics or you have some questions for us, please reach out. Also, if you're listening to us online, now would be a great opportunity to tell us what stations you regularly listen to so that you don't have to burn up all your data uh, on your mobile phone writing into work and we can get on the station that you listen to most. It, it, the show is syndicated. It's very easy for us to reach out to station managers. If you contact the station and say, I want to hear the GeorgiaCarry.org radio hour on your station, we can follow up with them if you let us know who you talk to and be able to get our show on your station. The other thing is if you're listening to this and you're not a GeorgiaCarry.org member, there's never been a better time to get involved because for $20 a year, you can join up with the most powerful lobbying group in Georgia, a group that is actually getting things done, allowing people to carry their firearms in places where they were not allowed to before, places where they might have been in danger. Now they can tread without fear because they have take personal responsibility for their safety and the safety of others, including bars and, and even in churches now and campus carriers, we could just get the governor to acknowledge the bill that he actually signed. So we go through all of this to, to try to get you to realize that this is an organization that is powerful, that, that makes a difference and allows you to get involved too. And when you're a member, you'll start getting emails about what bills are coming up, what's, what cases are coming through the courts, who you need to call, who you need to contact, and letting the governor know that he needs to stand by his word, or letting this legislator know that his bill is a great bill or a terrible bill and needs these alterations to get our support and that we are a grassroots organization. And I want to stop you there. You're an attorney. Yes, I am. And Georgia Carey has some kind of lawsuit against the, the governor governors. at the moment. Yep. Is it un- unacceptable for us to call into the governor's office and say, hey, there's been this short of shooting in Oregon. Why was this law not put on the books, you, bi- you dumbo? <laughs> well, you know, the, the, end, the end the result is, is that the courts are going to have to decide. The governor has an argument that even though the bill was signed... And there is absolutely no difference between that bill and any other bill. There's no conflict. conflict. He's yeah, an idiot. He's, he's grasping at straws because although he said that he would sign every gun bill and the gun bill came across, it was it was a segment of a bill that was about something else and he didn't take as much notice and now he is caught between a rock and a hard place between his promise to sign every gun bill and his obeisance to the Board of Regents for the University of Georgia system. And so it's going to be a legal fight. And calling the governor at this point, I don't think it's going to make a hill of beans worth a difference because he is entrenched in his position. What we need to do is to just get the law to be what the law is. And that's what Georgia Carey is doing right at this moment is forcing the law to be upheld. And we have seen my own, and just in my personal dealings this week, we have seen far too many people who go back on their word and try to change the deal after it's been struck. And the only thing you can do is stand firm and hold them accountable and make them do what they're supposed to do. That answers my question. So, I mean, if you want to call the governor, feel free. But I don't think that it's going to make a hill of beans worth a difference at this point. The deal is struck, and it's time to just honor the agreement that was made. And if he really thinks that this is a bad thing, have him go to the legislature and argue that they should take it away next year. Let's see how far that goes. Not very far. He's two-faced politician. You ever watch A Nightmare Before Christmas, how how the the mayor's face flips back and forth? Mm -hmm. Every time I see that, I think about Governor Deal. He kind of looks like Governor Deal. Anyway. We're going to the good and the bad and ugly now. Yes, we are. And the good comes out of South Carolina this week. And with all the the bad, I wanted to do something really good. So 
I've never been a fan of beauty pageants. I want to make that real clear first. I've always been really uh, frustrated at the questions. And the answer is always world peace. But this time, it is Miss South Carolina, and I her love, name is Daja Deal, and I just like her. I love world peace. It was one of my favorite flavors from Ben and Jerry. Wow, Doug. Okay. So she was asked if she supported gun bans. And instead of giving the popular answer, she gave the right answer. Okay. When she said, I don't. She's quoted in saying, if we teach people the proper way to use guns, then we will reduce the risk of having gun-related accidents. It starts with education. So I had to applaud her for that. The bad comes from Kentucky. And it is, once again, Waffle House. Waffle House is always bad. Hey, Waffle House. So, anyway. It's not bad, always. No, the, the food's on, okay. The one on Highway 92 is very nice. That lady that works in there is real nice. She remembered you. It's been months, and she yeah, remembered you. she did. So, anyway, a Kentucky Waffle House refused service to a soldier that was carrying his firearm. Now, this one, I saw this one, and I'm scratching my head. Why is he carrying his firearm? Because they won't even let him carry their firearms in the recruiting centers. If he wants to carry his firearm, he can. But he's a, he's a soldier. Like they need to shut up. This is like the the soldier in the service dog where they refused. Mm-hmm. I mean, ridiculous. So his name is Billy Welch, and he was in a Nicholasville, Kentucky Waffle House. Nicholasville, Kentucky, is a little town that's situated just south of Lexington. Okay, and. He was told that he could leave his gun in his car or he wouldn't be served. And this is kind of one of the problems we come up with at Waffle House. When we go, we see the sign. And I've never been told because, you know, concealed means concealed. I know that's not Georgia Carey's official stance, but it's my personal feelings. And I'll put it out there. But it has, was obviously visible. And they told him he couldn't come in and be served, uh, served with his firearm. So anyway, we're, we're to the ugly. And the ugly is involving Dana Loach. Do you know who she is? I don't know any Loaches. No. She is um, from the Blaze. Oh, okay. Okay. And she did a um, video for the NRA that promotes um, moms and, and having firearms to protect their families. Okay, so this is a and YouTube And it's called Moms kinda, Like Me. YouTube kind of right. thing where people watch it and it's, it's a happy little video about how you know you can protect yourself and life is good. And and, and moms every day need to protect their children. Bad things happen and it shows you these kids playing in the park. And she talks about how mothers conceal carrying or, or even open carrying can prevent tragedy and allow a woman to protect her family and that it's female empowerment. Okay. Very well, good. Very good. Um, you know, Bloom, Michael Bloomberg's I know him. Um, organization I know uh, rega- re- regarding prudish mothers called Moms Demand Action. I, I refer to them as Nags. <laughs> Moms Demand um, Action regarding things they don't understand, you know. Anyway, um, they took her ad and edited her to make her look like she was graphically committing suicide in it. Whoa, that's horrible. And she how has... About, how about Nana's Against Guns, Nags? Wow, dead air. That's awesome. Wow. Uh, if, if, if we could have broadcast the look on my face then... Half the listening audience would be dead. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, she had... In the, in the original video challenge, the media to tell the stories, you know, one of the things she said was, 
we see all the bad things that happen with guns, but when a mother protects her, her children or her family or someone else with her concealed firearm or, or her sidearm that she's carrying openly, that never makes the media. The media covers that up and conceals it. And she's like, why is there not fair coverage? You know, and, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm, of course, paraphrasing you. And so they took and made her um, blow her brains out. And she was very offended by this. So, of course, she reported it to the FBI. But she's also gotten even in another way. See, everybody that made a bad comment on the video, she donated money to the NRA in their name. Their name. Wow. And she bought herself a box of ammo in their name. I wish I had that kind of money. No kidding, (laughs) But at the same time, it's like, go ahead, make a bad comment, and you'll be an NRA member, whether you like it or not. I I could buy a case of ammo for every negative comment we've gotten on our Facebook page and still not be out any money. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. No, we get comments on the Facebook page. We get lots of comments. We just don't get any negative ones. No, we don't get negative ones. We get positive ones. And I just just from the studio, I posted a new picture up on to the Facebook page for everyone to go take a look at. And I think this one is very poignant and and uh, almost on topic. I'm somehow. afraid it's a picture of me. It, it is not a picture of you. <laughs> so it anyway, may, it may remind me of you a little bit, but it is not a picture of you. I'm going back to Dana Loach mm-hmm. and her um, video. It was just a few months ago that they had taken another video and edited it. And then sometimes they'll make videos of, like, fake gun stores. So the the anti-gunners don't play fair. Well, they don't have any facts to go by. So they have to use things that are made up, imagined, and to terrify and scare people. That's all they have got going for them because the truth is not on their side. And the truth shall set you free. And, and that is exactly what it is. It is fear-mongering. And... Georgia Carey works every day to spread the truth, shine light in those dark spots where moms demand action is fear-mongering, and set captives free. (laughs) Well, there you go, folks. I hope you've enjoyed this week's show. Reach out to us on Facebook. Check out that post that I just put up there. Uh, Let GeorgiaCarey.org know that we're doing a good job. Show up for a local chapter meeting and do something great with your family this week. Uh, This has been the GeorgiaCarey.org Radio Hour, and we will be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. This has been GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Doug and Jesse King. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. Tune in each week for valuable information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, Saturday mornings at 8 on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.